in Psalm chapter 24. There's a question and it's asked because the psalmist is writing and speaking and he says, has clean hands and a pure heart. And it says that the king of glory shall come in. And in that psalm, they ask a question and they say, who is the king of glory? Who is this king of glory? And there's a response. So I believe heaven's asking the question, who is this king of glory? Who is it? And there's a response, I believe, from heaven and says, it's the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord who is mighty in battle. says he is the king of glory. I believe that was something that when Jesus was took out of hell and was risen into heaven, I believe in, I believe that's what they were saying. Oh, this is the king of glory. This is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one that's ascending to the right hand of the father. This is the king of glory. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord that's mighty in battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a living God. We serve a living God. We have a we have a we have a a God man at the at, at, in in the in the in the heavens. We have a we have a Jesus that's sitting at the right hand of, of the Father, and He's interceding for you and for me, and He should, will ever make intercession for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the King of Glory, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord that's mighty in battle. Father, we just thank you for this morning. We turn our hearts to the victory that we have in resurrection. I thank you, Father, for just ministering to each one of us right where we are today, whether we're watching by way of Internet, where we're here, no matter where we might be in our lives. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing what you do best, and that is to reveal Jesus to us. And we are so excited. We're so excited that you rose from the grave. And we're so excited that you are alive. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Why don't you greet one another and and tell someone happy Resurrection Day. Tell them how good it is to see them. Test one, two. It's another bad day for the devil. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I talk about <laughs> my microphone keeps going in and out. It's okay. I'll use this one. It just. So today we're going to talk about celebrating resurrection. Hallelujah. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Amen. It's a celebration. Hallelujah. Now just think about where, where God has brought you from and to where you are today. It's a celebration. It's a celebration of his goodness. It's a celebration of his faithfulness. 
It's a celebration that, that he is true to his word. The moment that Adam and Eve fell in the garden, there was a prophetic word that came from God himself. And it said that there's one coming, there's one coming that's going to bruise your head. He looked at the serpent that deceived Eve and deceived mankind and said, look, there's one coming. There's one coming and you're going to bruise his heel and he's going to bruise your head. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful that God honors his word. He honors his word. And it was in Galatians 4, it said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. Amen? I'm so grateful for the fullness of time. Hallelujah came for you and came for me. Hallelujah. You know, I remember January 23rd of 1993, where I was healed of a respiratory disease. Wasn't born again, wasn't serving God, wasn't in church. But yet God showed up in my sister's living room and brought healing to my life. Saved me. I became born again. I became a new creation, but also he healed my body. Amen. It's a celebrating resurrection. It's a celebration of his mercy. I'm going to talk about several things this morning, but uh, everything hinges upon his love for us, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He loved me so much that he gave me his very best. That he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever, whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The mercy of God. Where would we be without the mercy of God? I want to look in Ephesians. Ephesians 2 verse verse 4 says, But God who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and you've been raised up together, and he made us sit together with him in heavenly places. Amen? Because of his mercy. The message says, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us, He took out our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. Today is about a celebration of his mercy. Psalms chapter 145 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are over over all his works. You know what? You're his work. His mercy is over you this morning. His mercy is over your life this morning. Romans 5 says, God shows and clearly proves his love for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for us. His mercy. Where would we be at the mercy of God, Rochelle? Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Vic. <laughs> it's, Vic it's Vic's birthday today. Uh, Vic's, Vic had surgery. He's watching from home. Happy birthday, Vic. Also pray for the family. Their nephew passed away this morning. Hallelujah. His mercy. His mercy. I'm here today because of nothing I could have done, but because of his mercy. Joseph, you can start to play. 
I've got some other things I'll share with you in a little bit. But I want us to celebrate his mercy and what his mercy means to us. Kelly, could you just turn the house lights down? Thank you, Father. The mercy of God. It was all for his mercy. Danny. A celebration of his mercy. Thank you, Father. The mercy of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to First Peter. I want to continue talking about why is and why should we celebrate the resurrection? Thank you, Father. Verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy. You see, it's, it's according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, it was because of his abundant mercy, he begotten us again. What is that phrase, begotten us again? It's one phrase that means to be born again. So why were we born again? Because of his abundant mercy. It was because of abundant mercy that we could be born again. To a living hope. I have a living hope today. How about you? Do you have a living hope today? Terry, do you got a living hope today? I've got a living hope on the inside of me. I have an expectation on the inside of me. I don't just have an expectation, a living expectation for my present, but I have one for my future. And it tells us, it says that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Where does my hope come from? My, I have hope today because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then it says two. What a resurrection through the resurrection of Jesus Christ to something. To something. Meaning the, the resurrection was to bring me into something. Amen. It meant to bring me into something. So it brought me into an inheritance, incorruptible and undefiled. And that does not fade away. I'm telling you, there's something that happened when you made Jesus the Lord of your life because he rose from the dead. And when you made him the Lord of your life, then all of a sudden what happened is you now receive an inheritance. Can you say that with me? I have an inheritance. And it tells me that this inheritance is incorruptible. Incorruptible undefiled and it doesn't fade away. Meaning, meaning what I've received from God, the enemy can't touch. No politician can touch it. No, nothing, no, no sickness or disease can touch it. I'm, I'm, there, there's this, this inheritance that I have received and it's incorruptible, undefiled, and it doesn't fade away. And then it says reserved in heaven for you. 
Now you were like, oh, well, see, see, Justin, you, you're, it's, it's reserved in heaven for me. Well, you got to keep reading. You got to keep reading because then it says this reserved in heaven for you, comma, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Can, can someone greatly rejoice? Amen. Greatly rejoice. See, I need to greatly rejoice in this because I have an inheritance that's not just reserved in heaven for me, but I have it right now because it's going to keep me. It's not just for someday in the future, but it's for now. And this resurrection power is for me to walk in and fulfill my purpose and fulfill my calling on my life. The resurrection. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I have a living hope because of his resurrection. You have a living hope today because of his resurrection. Hallelujah. When we talk about resurrection, the, you know, we can, we can celebrate creation. We can celebrate the fulfillment of what God spoke throughout the whole Old Testament into the new and bringing Jesus on the scene. We can celebrate those things. We can celebrate how, how, Jesus, how, how Jesus was born to a virgin. We, we can celebrate the miracles. We can celebrate the fulfillment of prophecies. We can celebrate how Jesus was victorious in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was pressured to let this cup pass from him, from him. we can celebrate the, the, the fact that Jesus, for you and for me, took stripes upon his back. We can, we can celebrate oh, because what he did for us by having his beard ripped out, being spit upon, and, 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 and being displayed throughout all, 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 the, all the area there. And we can celebrate the, what Jesus did and, and how God brought about things when, when they, they actually uh, could have let go a, 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 a thief and a murderer, but instead they, they kept Jesus. And all through f- the fulfillment of scriptures, and we can celebrate that everything took place, we could celebrate the fact that he took, he took nail pierced hands and he has nail pierced feet and he, and he had a, he had a spear stuck through his side and, and we can celebrate how, how, how there was a man named Joseph of Arimathea that, that, that was a rich man that, that took Jesus and went and asked Pilate, Hey, Hey, let me have his body and, and I'm going to bury, I'm, we're going to bury him in my, my tomb. And, and we can celebrate all those things and we should celebrate those things. We can celebrate that the Bible says he went to the lower parts of the earth. We can celebrate where Peter says that he preached the gospel to vanquish foes in hell. We can talk about how, how he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. But to me, the resurrection is the exclamation point on the gospel. The resurrection is the exclamation point. Yeah, we, yeah we, I appreciate the cross and I appreciate the tomb. But the resurrection, if you didn't have a resurrection, then we don't have a gospel. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, I'm going to encourage you sometime to 
read all 58 verses. I'm not going to read all 58 verses this morning. But I encourage you to, to there's so much in this, in this chapter that will bring total. He even deals with the answer to, answer to the evolution versus creation in this chapter. He deals with so many different things in this chapter that, that to me it just illuminates so many different things. So I encourage you to go read here because it, it talks about what happened. It talks about the resurrection. It talks about, you know, what happens if we deny the resurrection. But let's look at first, uh, first, first Corinthians 15. We'll start, I'll start with verse three. It says, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas then by the 12. Now let's go to verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now listen, so why are some saying there's no resurrection? But no, it says, but if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Now think about it. If there's no, if there's no resurrection, you shouldn't be listening to me. If, if the resurrection didn't happen, you shouldn't be going to church anywhere. And if the resurrection didn't happen, then you wouldn't have faith. Your faith is empty. Your faith is void. Your preaching is empty and your faith is empty. Yes, and we are found false witnesses. So, so not only that, but I'm talking about this Jesus, but yet if there was no resurrection, then I'm a false witness. Because we testified of God and, and we testified that God, that Testified of God that he had raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up. If, in fact, the dead do not rise, for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Meaning those that gone before us, they're, they're gone. They're just, they're just dead. If in this life only we have hope in Christ... We are all men most pitiable. Meaning if Christ is something that I use as a crutch in this life just because I name the name of Christ without understanding resurrection, you should pity me. You should pity me. You, you should be sympathetic of me if I go around proclaiming something and living something that didn't really happen. That's what it says here. But verse 20 says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by one man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Hallelujah. The resurrection. The resurrection. He's the first fruits. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1. There's so much more we could, we could unpack in, in that chapter. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Verse 
there's no resurrection, there is no eternity. If there's no resurrection, what are we doing here? But yet there is a resurrection. And Jesus is the first fruits. Let's look at verse 13. And in my Bible, this actually writing is in red. So this is actually Jesus speaking. Actually, I didn't. I meant verse uh, 17. Thank you. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. This is Jesus speaking to John. And he's telling him, look, look, I'm the one that I'm the first and I'm the last. He says, I am he who lives. I was dead, but I'm alive forevermore. Jesus is declaring his resurrection. So to celebrate the resurrection, we're celebrating who Jesus is. We're, we're celebrating what God said and the fulfillment of what God said throughout scripture. Let's go back to verse three, verse four. I'm sorry. John to the seven churches, which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits are before his throne. And now listen, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from among the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. Hallelujah. He, Jesus is declaring who he is. The, the resurrection is declaring who he is. He said, I'm the firstborn from among the dead. Now, I want you to know something. If there's a firstborn, then there's got to be a secondborn. If there's a second, then there's got to be a third. There's got to be a fourth. There's got to be a fifth. There's got to be a sixth. If there's, if there's a firstborn, then there's got to be more than just one. Hallelujah. The resurrection. It's the exclamation point to the gospel. Hallelujah. Go to Romans chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Say, I'm so glad he resurrected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Corinthians says that he was crucified in weakness. Talking of Jesus said he was crucified in weakness, but yet he rose by the power of God. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, let's look at verse um, 3. Concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David. Now why is he using this? Because he wants to know this is how he naturally came. Born of the seed of David, according to the flesh. Now listen to this. And declare, and declare to be the son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness. Now what does this mean? The spirit of holiness. It's God's spirit. Meaning there's something that came out of heaven that declared something. The spirit of holiness, the spirit of God. Now, we, we could look at a number of things uh, of what this, maybe this was when he, he, he had, uh, uh, Jesus was baptized and he came out of the, the water and the, the dove descended upon him and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
Or maybe this is in the it, it, talking about the Mount Transfiguration and, and there's Elijah and Moses and you have the disciples there and, and they heard the voice again. Hey, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. But either way we look at it, it was a voice declaring something. What was the voice declaring? The voice was declaring, this is the son of God. Declaring to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. So what the Holy Spirit brought, spoke, all of a sudden now brought together the power to bring about Jesus being the son of God. I'm going somewhere with this. Then it says this, by the resurrection from the dead. It was spoken. It was spoken by the spirit of God. But yet it became a reality because of resurrection. It became a reality of resurrection. It was, it was God throughout time. God throughout his time with Jesus was declaring there's one coming. God, God always calls things that be not as though they are. He, he's a faith God. He operates by, by believing and by, by seeing something here and speaking it with his mouth. We, we saw it in creation. We saw it with Abraham. We saw it. I believe he said the same thing was declaring, this is my beloved son in whom I well pleased. But it became a reality when Jesus rose from the dead. See, the, revel, the, the, the resurrection speaks of who he is. It declares who he is. It's the fulfillment to be what God had called him to be, sitting at the right hand of the Father and being the firstborn. If you're a firstborn, then you're a son. He was the firstborn. Yeah, he was born into the earth by Mary, but he became truly the son of God when he was resurrected. And he became the firstborn of many brethren. Now, I know this might sound kind of deep. <laughs> I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Resurrection. Resurrection was to bring Jesus into the fulfillment of God's plan and God's purpose. Verse 5 says, and through him we have received grace. To celebrate the resurrection is to celebrate who he is, the firstborn, the son of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Are you with me? Sometimes when you teach certain things, it's kind of like, okay, Lord, I'm kind of like stepping out, walking on water on this. And, and Dr. Savell, if you can correct me if I'm <laughs> saying anything out of line. Okay. Romans chapter 4. Of course, we know with the story of Abraham. It talks about that his faith, that, that righteousness was given to him because of his faith. We know in this he talks about he called those things to be not as though they are. He was Abraham, but went to, he went to his Abram and went to Abraham, the father of many nations. But I want to bring, I want to, I want to bring us into the very end of this chapter in verse 23. Now it was not written for his sake alone. Meaning this wasn't just written for Abraham's sake. That it was imputed to him. Meaning it was given to him. It was graced upon him. It was given to him. Meaning imputed also means it was, it became a part of him. It became 
who he is. It wasn't just, it wasn't something that all of a sudden, just something that he carried. It just became something that he is. And that's what the word imputed really means when you further look at it. So, so that it was imputed to him, but also for us. So I have to look at this because it's not just talking of Abraham. It's talking about you and me. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead. So meaning as I receive what Jesus did, there's something that's imputed to me. There's something just as something was imputed to Abraham was now imputed to me. Something that was placed upon Abraham is now upon me. And it came because Jesus was raised from the dead. Say raised from the dead. dead. What was imputed to Abraham? Righteousness. Righteousness. See, to celebrate the resurrection is to celebrate what he's imputed to us to know that I'm not filthy anymore. I'm not worthy, unworthy anymore. He imputed his righteousness to me. I am now just like him. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. So when we celebrate the resurrection, it's so much more and say, oh, he rose from the dead. Yay. <laughs> Praise him. Do we understand what it means to be brought from darkness to light? Do we understand what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus? The greatest miracle anyone will ever receive. But it was imputed because of what? When Jesus was raised from the dead. Verse 25, who, now listen, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Woo! Justification, just as if I'd never sinned. So when I celebrate resurrection, I'm, I'm celebrating who he is, the firstborn of many brethren. What am I? I'm celebrating the fact that I'm justified. I'm forgiven. I'm a new creation. Let's go to uh, chapter five. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working in our hearts today. I referred to one of these scriptures earlier. Verse 6 says, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die. Yet perhaps for a noble man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than, much more than, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now think about it. If he, we were reconciled, we, we were reconciled by his body. We were enemies, and yet we were reconciled. But what happened when he rose? Hallelujah. We became saved. Isn't that what that says? For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more. So this is much more. Much more. Having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who, who, who through whom we have now received reconciliation. 
See, we celebrate resurrection. I'm celebrating reconciliation. Hallelujah. Let's go over to chapter 6. Now, in, in the 16 chapters of the book of Romans, starting in about verse, uh, verse 12, he goes on and deals with you know, the church, the ministry, and goes into his ministerial callings. But really, the first 10 chapters, 8 out of the 10 all deal and have some aspect of resurrection in them. Talk about his, his life, talking about being risen again and, and so forth. So this is important for us to understand the, important, the purpose of resurrection. Let's look at Romans chapter 6. Verse 3. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. That's how, that's how it happened. That's how Jesus rose from the dead. You know what happened? It, the glory of the Father, the glory of God went into the lower parts of the earth and breathed life into him. Romans eight eleven says says, in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, quickens quickens, makes alive our mortal bodies. So don't look at, at our Christian relationship as this, oh, I just, you know, we just talk about Christ. Oh, we just talk about Christ's teachings. You can talk about Christ's teachings all day long and still not be saved. Well, isn't it just talk, talking about how good, just being like Jesus, how good Jesus was? Yeah, I, I commend being good, but the purpose of salvation is when you believe That Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected on the third day. Thank you, Father. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Man, there's something should change on the inside. I should, I, I, when, when I experience and receive his resurrection, if I've been baptized with him in, in his death and I've been risen, then I, I should be walking in newness of life. It should change how I walk. It should change how I talk. It should change how I live. Why? Because this is what resurrection is all about. Verse five, for if we've been united together in the likeness of his death, Certainly, we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Woo! Now, listen to that. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, surely, we should be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing that this, our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body. Woo. Think about this. So, so it's saying that as Jesus was, was resurrected and we received him, we have to see ourselves in the same way. We have to see ourselves in the same way. Now let's go to Colossians chapter two. 
Someone's saying another scripture. I told someone I, earlier on when I was studying what the Lord wanted me to share, I had like, I had like 27 scriptures. <laughs> it was like, I was like, come on, Lord, you got <laughs> So I need more revelation here. Come on. But the word is anointed, right? Yeah. Are you receiving something? Yeah. The word is more anointed than I am. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for the anointing upon my life to teach it. But the word, if it live according to the word. Let's see, Colossians chapter 2. You see, this is all with the resurrection. That's why we celebrate resurrection. Colossians chapter 2, let's look at verse 12. I think I only have this one and then another scripture and then we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Hallelujah. I'm just, I'm just laying a foundation here, okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Buried with him in baptism... In which you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You see, another thing that Paul's talking about is when you die. He's talking to us right now. Buried with him in baptism. That's what water baptism is about. It's a public profession of an inward change. It's a, it's a public example of what happened on the inside. It's going down the water to the waters of baptism. And it's coming up out of the water. And that's, that's, that's like resurrection life. That's what he's referring to here. Buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him. You're raised with him. You see, when, when he was raised, you were raised. Buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him through faith in the working of God. My faith in the working of, what was the working of God? He raised him from the dead. That's the working of God. Now listen to this. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way. He nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them. Triumphing over them in it. Hallelujah. So all these things that happened. He nailed the, the, the sentence that was against us. He nailed it to the cross. And he went to hell for you and I. And he rose up and it says this, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So if we were, he was raised victorious, that means we have been raised victorious. That's why resurrection is so important because when he won, we won. When he won, we won. Now, let me close with this. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Remember the, I talked about how the word, thank you, Father, how Jesus declared, or this whole, the spirit of holiness declared that Jesus is the Son of God. 
I want you to see something. And resurrection is what brought it to pass. But I want to just close, I want to close and encapsulate what I've been talking about with this thought. Thank you, Father. So verse 3. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Now listen, that we might have adoption of sons. And because you're sons, God has sent the spirit of the son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now I want you to see this. The spirit of God, spirit of holiness, declared that Jesus was the son of God. And it came to pass, how? By the resurrection. Because of what Jesus did, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts crying, Abba, Father. I want you to know, Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. I want you to know that the spirit of God is constantly drawing us to his kingdom. Constantly drawing all humanity to his kingdom. And so Jesus stepped into the fulfillment we talked about in Romans because of the resurrection. But when he resurrected and we received that resurrection, he now calls us sons. We are now sons of God. Why do I celebrate resurrection? I know I brought a lot of scriptures out and we talked about a lot of things. But why do I celebrate resurrection? Because it was in his resurrection that I stepped into what God called me. What God called you. How beloved, beloved, how much the father loves each one of us that he will what call us sons. God called Jesus son, but it came to pass through resurrection. But at the same time, when we receive by faith the resurrection, we are now called sons. So I have nothing to, to hold my head down about because, because it's his resurrection. I'm a son. I'm a son. You're a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. Romans chapter 8 says, says that the, the spirit of adoption and says that God has sent his spirit into God. God's spirit bears witness with our spirit and, and bears witness that we are children of God. We're sons of God. Celebrating resurrection is selling about, celebrating your part in his kingdom, your part in his family. Resurrection is a must. Without resurrection in the gospel, we have no family. We have no eternal future. There's no eternal kingdom. But yet he is risen from the dead. And because he's risen from the dead, I'm a son. You're a son. You're a daughter. All things have passed away. All things become new. Stand to your feet. Thank you, Father.
resurrection. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. John chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus was talking to Mary after Lazarus had died and, and he came back and he declared who he was and why he had come. And he made a statement. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, although he may die, yet shall he live. That doesn't make sense. You die, but yet you live. And we could go in and we could talk a lot of scriptures about resurrection. How he took away the sting of death. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, it's not, death is, is not the end, it's just transition. He took away the sting of death. When we die as believers, we don't feel a thing. We step out of one, one, one natural kingdom and we step into an eternal kingdom. Because I wish I had a number of, <laughs> wish I had more time just to go in and talk more about resurrection, but would encourage you get in and, and, and read out more about what resurrection is about. There's so much more in scriptures than, than what I could deal with this morning. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes on me, although he may die, yet he shall live. Hallelujah. I'm telling you resurrection is the exclamation point of the gospel. Bow your heads for a moment. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you maybe have thought that Christianity is based upon just following Christ's teachings or just being a good person. But that's deception. Romans tells us that we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God hath raised him from the dead. It's not just believing that he's Lord, but it's believing that God hath raised him from the dead. It says you would be saved. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Resurrection was more than just saying, hey, I'm going to heaven. You know, just receiving Jesus more. So, well, one day I'm gonna, gonna go to heaven. Yes, that's, but I want you to see this morning that it's about fellowship with him. It's about a relationship with him. And it's about being sons and daughters of God. Maybe you're here and you never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you served God for a number of years, but yet you walked away or never really believed. And there wasn't really a true encounter. It was just something you did religiously. Maybe you're here today and you even thought, you know, well, you know, I've got to be, be sprinkled or, or baptized, but not really understanding why you were even sprinkled and baptized and what that really represented. And you had a religious perspective about your salvation. And you think maybe your salvation is based on your good works. There's nothing that we could do to, to earn salvation within ourselves. The Bible says it's a gift of God. So just right where you're standing, 
You say, Pastor Justin, I want to come to the Father. Maybe for the first time. Maybe you say, I want to come back to the Father. If any of those things just resonate with your heart, I believe the Holy Spirit's ministering to your heart. Just lift your hand right where you're standing. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Father. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. See that hand? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Just everyone just repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus for my sin. I receive what he did. I thank you that he just didn't die for me. He just didn't go to the lower parts of the earth. But he was resurrected. So today, I confess with my mouth because I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord because God raised him from the dead. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And Heavenly Father, He is the firstborn. And today, I'm a son. I'm a daughter of God. Loved by you. Received by you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Give him a shout of praise. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Just one last thing. Romans. I'm sorry, Acts. If I can find this. Thank you, Lord. Verse 10, I believe it is. So I start verse 9. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to help a helpless man, by what means he has been made well. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. Now listen to that. That by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Justin, I have sickness in my body. I have just a, a mess in my marriage. I, don't have, I, have, I have confusion. I don't have any direction for my purpose or my life. I want you to know that Jesus is here to minister to whatever you might have need of. Whatever area that you might have need of, you say, Pastor, I I want you to pray for me. Just lift your hand up. I'm not going to do an altar call or have people come. Just lift your hand. If Maybe sickness in your body, just a mess in your marriage, just a mess in your finances, just confusion. You don't have any direction. Just lift your hand. Don't be shy. Hallelujah. I'm not going to make you come up and get on the microphone. Okay. Hallelujah. 
Just hold those hands high. Hallelujah. Church family, look around and maybe see, see hands. I want you to pray for them. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel, all the people of heritage, that by name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom was crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, by this Jesus, I believe the people of heritage, hallelujah, the people of heritage, thank you, Father, will stand whole and complete. Lord, ministering healing where there, where there needs to be healing. Strength where there needs to be strength. Lord, I thank you for even working within hearts and minds on areas they need to release offenses. Where they need to forgive others. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that they wouldn't have any hindrances, no blockages, nothing hindering them from all that you desire to accomplish. Lord, I thank you that 2022 is the year of the open hand of God. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for your open hand over their lives right now. We're looking, we're watching, and we're expecting. Hallelujah. Thank you for the hand of God. Hallelujah. The hand of the anointed one, the the strength of God coming in them and coming on them right now. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hand of God. You make crooked places straight. You take low places and you exalt them. Oh, thank you for the hand of God to strengthen, to equip, to make new, to empower. Thank you for the hand of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. That Jesus was made poor, that by his poverty, we might be made rich. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We celebrate resurrection. Hallelujah. As I started, 1 Peter chapter 1 says, Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice. Rejoice. Give him a shout of praise. Amen.